1: It is Thursday, 4.08, drive time with to Russia. So glad to have you spending time with us as we get ready to come out of the deep freeze from yesterday and hit a record high this weekend. So strange. So strange. Kind of nice. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've sort of enjoyed this warmish winter. Uh, and we get a bonus day, right? Leap day. But we'll talk about leap day with Laura in about an hour, I think. Every single company I've ever interacted with has sent me an email offering me 29% off something today. So clever. <laughs> 29% off. Get it. <sighs> uh, let's do Derusha Eats. Russia Eats is brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. Our guest today is really uh, a prolific restaurateur opening a number of different concepts here in the Twin Cities. He just opened... A cafe. He's opening a full service restaurant, his first full service restaurant after being in food halls and the state fair. Gerard Class is with us. Gerard, it's so good to see you. Thanks. Sir. Good to see you again, too. You know, I was thinking the first time that I think I interviewed you was back when you were starting a burger concept out at Mall of America.
2: I was I was looking at that picture yesterday. I'm going to show it to you before
1: I leave. Oh, funny. Yeah. 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 Burger, burger. Yes.
2: Burger, burger. And great. how
1: many years ago was that? A, a lifetime
2: ago. It feels I mean, like it, right? Years. It was a lifetime ago. Yeah.
1: Probably at least seven or eight yeah, Burger Burger was uh, part of uh, Cascade Hospitality, part of Crave. Yep, correct. And you that that was really where you kind of is that where you feel like you cut your teeth as as a chef? Definitely, I was
2: at uh, Cascade for ten years. I opened something like ten restaurants for them across the country, and lived out of a suitcase for a little while. It was a great time back then. Great time,
1: boy. Yeah, and then you went out on your own. Then I went out on my own.
2: Uh, me and my wife met in the restaurant, so we were kind of destined. Did you meet
1: at Crave? When did we you meet met do-
2: at Crave. She was the host at the front door, and I was the pizza guy.
1: How about that? Yeah. That's a tale as old as time that at restaurants,
2: it. right? That is a googly eye and at the front of the house from the back of the <laughs> house.
1: <laughs> you know, you did pretty well. She is a, a beautiful woman and an incredible businesswoman, too. She's been a great partner for you. Incredible. It is. Uh, I think she's one of the most
2: underrated female business owners in Minneapolis, and uh Just her tenacity with front of house, and she's evolved to doing cocktail programs and things across the city. So she does her thing, man. Couldn't do it without her.
1: Soul Bowl is the concept that I think most people know you for. Yes. That opened about six years ago. Yep. And for you, talk about the journey as a a black chef trying to open a soul food concept here in Minnesota.
2: Yeah, when I got started, we really wanted to figure out, like, how do chefs— get people to see their product. And there wasn't really like a vessel for that. And so uh, I was actually in Miami opening a restaurant with Cascade and it was the first time I ever seen a chef do a pop up. Uh, And so when I saw that pop up, a guy couldn't afford the space he was trying to get yet. And the landlord let him lease and do these dinners to raise the money he needed to buy the place. And I thought it was a really cool concept, but I had never seen it here. Uh, and so I came back and tried to figure out how are we going to make this thing open? How do we do a restaurant for a day or for a weekend
1: to see if it works? To see and, if it works yeah. because
2: previous to that, it's like you had to have all the money invested in and you know go mm-hmm. through everything to even see if this idea was something that people wanted. And so,
1: which is hard. It's hard to get funding. It's hard to get financing. It's a very big
2: investment to not have any data or confidence. Like, do people even like this before you even yeah. you know get into business? If you're a banker, you're like. I don't know, man, like, is this a good, do I want to
1: give you a loan or not? I don't know. That is
2: it. Restaurants is always a great way to lose money if you don't know what you're doing. So we started on that uh, process during the pop-ups. We would do it on our days off. We were still working full-time. We would take our paychecks and bet it that we would at least break even. And uh, (laughs) we would do that on weekends, and then we started doing it every weekend um, and found little cafes that were closed, and we would pay them to, you know, use their space and, um, thus, kind of like the chef pop-up uh, gold rush began here in Minneapolis. And it was a cool experience. We have some friends in tech, and so they really told us to, like, use this like your beta test. And mm-hmm. um, so we did ch- taste different menus and different price points around the north side of Minneapolis and got a lot of great feedback. And um, we actually got into Target Field as a vendor before we had a restaurant, which was wild, had a relationship with somebody I knew from my corporate experience. Is and that how you
1: got into Target Field?
2: And they yeah. uh, asked me if I wanted to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, no brainer." Right. Um, and a little bit after that, uh, I tried to buy a building. The building fell through. I had to pay my dues as a you know person looking for a place. And then uh, we got into Gray's. Gray's reached out, and that's it, a food
1: hall right near Target Field.
2: Yep. So it was a brand new uh, concept, second food hall that was here, first one in Minneapolis. And uh, I got a chance to get in, and I loved it. I loved that competitive energy. I loved being around a diverse group of chefs and different types of food. And I thought it was really going to be something special at the Mm -hmm. time. People thought I was crazy for putting soul food in
1: North Loop. But five (laughs) years later, uh, six years later, it has panned out. Gerard Class is with us. Soul Bowl was his first concept, but he's about to open his first full-service concept right in the Mill District. Uh, Tell us about Classics Kitchen. Yes. Yeah, so uh, what was cool is our first ever pop-up, even
2: before Soul Bowl, was a, was an idea, was called Classics. And we had this concept where we would take a DJ in the middle of the dining room and we would do the food. And um, I was doing all these fusion dishes and just fresh from traveling. And so testing out all these things. It was a little far out for the time period. And so we kind of transitioned in the Soul Bowl. Uh, but here, seven years later, we are going to bring uh, the food from this concept to life. And uh, it's really kind of my uh, thank you, my love letter to Minneapolis for all of the years and the culinary travels. So I'm an African-American and Guyanese-American chef. Uh, I grew up in Seattle. I live here in Minneapolis. This will be my 23rd restaurant opening. 23rd. uh, Wow. And I'm not that old. (laughs) No. Uh, How old are you? 35. Yeah. So... Uh, I've done a lot and got to travel and had different palates. And so I get to kind of put the food out in the lens that I want. And me and Brittany came from full service. We probably know more about that than quick service uh, and the food hog game. And so this concept is dishes I grew up. And it'll be things that you're familiar with, but it's really going to be food through my lens. So we're doing things like jerk chicken taquitos. We're doing a Haitian stew chicken fettuccine, curry chicken yoki. Um, and so we're fusing a lot of fun dishes with some Caribbean and Southern spices, but
1: in a more, um, full service way. Gerard class is with us, uh, soon. When does classics open up? Classics opens this Tuesday. Oh man. We'll be up live. So how'd you ready. have time to come over and talk to me? Today? I don't. They think <laughs> I'm in the bathroom right now. <laughs> what is the hardest thing about now? You're, you're, uh, opening in a space that was a restaurant before. Correct.
2: Correct uh i am and in, it's big like it's a big space if yeah, i remember right it's a, it's a big space it's a full size we got about 100 seats in there patio this is
1: right by the river right yep. by like where that old dunn brother is the dunn brother still there dunn the still there yeah. right
2: down the street from the guthrie by the guthrie yeah yep, so, so right a mm-hmm. lot of
1: housing over there a lot of you have a built-in
2: audience. I love it. It is uh, interesting to be eight blocks away from uh, North Loop. It just feels like a totally different vibe over there. A um, little
1: more chill in the Mill District. A little more Choir. chill
2: and people still out, but same yeah. same density and uh, a really cool neighborhood. I think
1: that's in need of a little local restaurant. What's the hardest thing about kind of getting ready to open a restaurant?
2: Uh, probably just people. You need a lot of them, and the industry has changed so much with the pandemic Getting all the people you need for all the positions to make a well-oiled
1: restaurant is a little more challenging these days than it was pre-pandemic. Now, you have dealt with being a counter service in a food hall. You have dealt with pretty much every model of service charge, fee, all of this different stuff. A state legislator was on with us earlier this week, uh, and there are going to be a bunch of bills that will come up that are going to try to wipe out service fees. Yep. Uh, the federal government doesn't like. They call them junk fees. Nobody, nobody likes a fee. Yep. What, what sort of your take on that?
2: I think uh, it, it's it's a hard pickle. I think restaurants are only really doing this because of the cost that they're trying to keep up with and the rising cost of wages and the rising cost of uh, employees. But people only want to pay so much to go out to eat. You yeah. know, and the higher price you are, the less frequency and traffic that you get. And it's an equation. And for us, we're trying to figure out how to stay alive. Uh, I think there's people that abuse it and can have high percentages. And I think there's people that use it to cover the gaps that they need to stay afloat. Um, It's
1: sort of the idea, like, if you have a a $15 burger and a 10% fee, that when people are comparison shopping, that that's better for some crazy psychological reason than charging, you know, just the extra buck fifty.
2: And I I watch the Facebook uh, threads where people are going back and forth about their comments on it. And some people say just price it in the food. You know, I think yeah. that's more the old school way of doing it. They had... Uh, things they had to pay for and you didn't necessarily see it. But this generation is different. They want to know what they're spending the money on and what it's going to. And a lot of places I think it has gained some credibility to know it's going towards benefits or fair I wages. I kind of like that, to uh, be honest. That you know the like, business is yeah. taking care
1: of them. Yeah, so. I don't know. I To me, I don't care. Like it doesn't. Like, I'm paying what I'm paying. It doesn't really matter. But I understand that, well... When I take calls and emails on this topic, I am in the minority. Like people yep. hate them yep. overwhelmingly. Certainly, people of a certain age hate the fees.
2: Yep. I, I and I think there's other ways to give back to restaurants with uh, taxes or licensing fees that they have to pay. That'll help offset some of these costs. But yeah. restaurants is a margin game, and you know you, it, it is not the highest profitability business that you can get into. And uh, a lot of these concepts are just trying to. Make it. They're just trying to, like, make ends meet, and this is the way that they're doing it.
1: Gerard Class is with us. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll get his three recommendations on restaurants he likes to go visit. Plus, we'll play our pick-a-number game where a random question will be assigned, and uh, Gerard will answer it right on the spot. The owner of Soul Ball, he's been at the State Fair. He's been at Gray's Food Hall, and now he's opening a full-service restaurant. Great option as your. Heading to see a show down at the Guthrie or just hanging out over by uh, Mill City Museum. 420 to Russia Eats coming right back. <laughs> Derusha Eats Gerard Class is with us we We're just talking about his son Who's got a birthday coming up this weekend Man, it takes me back to those days, right? You're having the first sleepover? First sleepover Are you nervous about this? I'm very nervous
2: I, uh, we, Me and mom are trying to make cool things And I think we're in that parent age Where our ideas aren't that cool anymore no,
1: Nothing about you
2: so we're trying to like plan some wow stuff, and he's kind of like, and what yeah. else are we doing after that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's turning seven. Turning seven. Do you make? Do you cook for the family? Uh, for the family party, or do you bring in like pizza or something? Uh, special
2: your... event stuff, I definitely throw down. My wife does more of the day-to-day cooking, but if okay. it's any kind of special events or somebody wants something special, I'm throwing. That's down. your your time. Yep.
1: Is it so? Ah, uh, people ask me this about my kids because you know I write about food, so they're like, "Oh, are your kids like really adventurous eaters? Do, what, what about what about the chefs? The kid of two cooks? He he is adventurous. I, I I have this thing with him that
2: I tell him: chefs taste everything. So even if you don't like it, you got to at least be open to taste it. Um, he's still a kid, but his favorite dish is orange chicken, and that's a that's, perfect kid dish thing. to like, love. He, like he loves great. it. He finds something quirky every once in a while that he'll enjoy, and uh, but he's he's open to trying it. He's not averse to just like, I don't even want to taste this. He'll eat a little sushi. He'll yeah. do some major. So,
1: what's it been like for you to be at the Minnesota State Fair? Man,
2: that was just amazing opportunity. I heard all the stories of how long it takes to get into the fair and the infrastructure that you need. And so, um, right around the time we got into the Twin Stadium before we had a restaurant. I had a friend that said, just put an app in. You don't know what's going to happen down the road. They're not going to call you today. Just put an application in. Get in the queue. Get get in the queue. And then when the time is right, they'll call. And so they had a new food and beverage director. She got a chance to get some of our food at a Timberwolves game. Uh, And so I think that helped a little bit. And so we were able to get into the fair. And just to have the representation of soul food and food that I grew up on is so cool out there and to be able to do fried chicken on a stick with the soul sickle is just, it's nostalgia. And now it's kind of working its way into people's little favorites that they come to get, they get a lemonade, they get a soul sickle and it's crazy. It's wacky every year. It was so hot this last year. Um, but I, I really have a true deep appreciation for people who come and just execute the fair. Like it's nobody's business every year. It is not easy. Uh, hiring 20 people and getting them all ready to go in a couple of days and then doing that kind of volume for 10-12 hours uh, but it was fun me and Yvane got to come in at the same year and it's cool to see chefs get an opportunity to put their spin on it I'm glad that they're balancing it
1: out and just even local restaurants you it's know. significant to have you two guys there I think yeah. like it it helps tell the story of what the Minnesota food community really is about yeah. like it's it is it is more diverse than ever.
2: Yeah, and I and I think it helps so much whether you're African-American or you're Hmong to be able to see the food that you grew up on represented at the fair for, you know, demographics yeah. that have just such big populations here. So totally it's agree. fun. It,
1: it is fun. It's crazy every year, though. The fair is the one spot that I think, like, this is one thing I think about when I travel. You go to other cities, and you go to the good restaurants in those cities, and you see a diverse crowd. And here in Minnesota, sometimes you know i can go to a restaurant and look around and see you know 60 tables and only two with black people at it mm-hmm. or asian people or whatever and i miss that energy that you get of looking at a room and at the fair you do kind of get that like you get mm-hmm. every, every walk of life everybody's there and what's nice too is that i think
2: because you're already at the fair there's this space that, like, I can try something new. It's mm. expected that you're gonna try something wacky outside of the fair. It's just like you don't always people don't always have We're that scared. mindset. Yeah, like you're yeah. not gonna like I'm gonna go to this restaurant even if I'm not familiar with this cuisine. There's great Ecuadorian restaurants here, or you know, yeah. there's African food, Nigerian restaurants. Like people might be nervous to try, but at the fair, it's like you're open-minded. It just, it's just part of the take experience. a flyer. Yeah. That's it. Try yeah. something crazy.
1: Gerard Class is here. Classics Cafe is gonna open up. Uh, on Tuesday here in Minneapolis, I need you to pick a number uh, between one and twenty one and thirty eight one and thirty eight uh, I'm gonna go thirty five number thirty five aside from a knife what is your favorite kitchen tool aside from a knife my
2: favorite kitchen tool um it's, it's a,
1: probably tongs. Tongs. You're not a
2: tweezers guy. I'm not a tweezers guy. Um, no, no, no. Disrespect. The real answer
1: is knife. It's a knife.
2: It's, it's a knife. But tongs <laughs> is good for me. Tongs is a spoon. Yeah. Tongs helps as a bottle opener. You grab the end and you're able to uh, get that. You can open a. You can crack a beer with it. Uh, I'm pretty versatile with a with the pair of tongs. Grilling is good. Great on a flat top. I can uh, scoop a little pinch of salt in something. It's a teaspoon if I need it to
1: be. Uh, so you can I can smack probably, your seven year old in the butt. Like that go. works You can rude. reach him from across right. the room, you know. <laughs> the tong is good. The yeah. tongue, that's a good answer. Good answer. All right. Before we go, three restaurants that you like visiting here in the Twin Cities from Gerard Class, a Soul Bowl, Classics Cafe coming soon. What's number one?
2: Number one, I got to shout out Camden Social. Uh, restaurant I'm uh, blessed to be a part of, but a really unique experience, really focused on just unearthing some of the stereotypes uh, that have happened in North Minneapolis. And it is a great experience. A little speakeasy, cognac bar, some delicious uh, comfort food that they're serving. And um, my partner also has his own cigar brand called Lure. And it's just a fun time. They do a jazz brunch and a R&B brunch on the weekends on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and just a great night out. Great nice. night out. Camden social camden social right in minneapolis all right number two guacaya bistro mm, yes um chef pedro does a, just an amazing job uh, representing and i love his mix with the uh, louisiana and southern cuisine and the puerto rican food um it's delicious it's always beautiful when i'm there it's consistent it's a great price point and you're going to learn something and try something new that you never had, and it just is its a delicious place to
1: go. Cool. Right in the north loop.
2: Yep. Across from the hewing. Number three? I got to go with lap 14. I like the OG. Ah, yes. Um, that used to be my date night spot for many years, and uh, those jalapeno basil wings just, oh, they so just do something to me. I'm a Pad Thai person. I grew up in Seattle, uh, a lot of Thai influence there, and so I eat Pad Thai wherever I go. And they do just in a wonderful, amazing job.
1: Golden Valley, Anna Med, Yep. Right by Kara Levin. Shiro. She's awesome. Yep. Uh, you're awesome too. I'm so excited to see your continued success and can't Appreciate wait it. to check out your new place next week. Classics Cafe. Gerard Class. K L A S S. That's the get it? Classics. That's the best. Thanks, Gerard. Four thirty two. Uh surplus new report today with big money that the state is collecting. We'll talk with the top Republican in the state Senate in just a minute.